This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to Nordic Nation from Faster Skier. Okay, this is another quick turnaround edition of the podcast. Here's some basic information to catch you up to speed on the topic that'll be discussed in this episode, but it might help to read the accompanying story on the Faster Skier site. Bullet point one. Since the IOC decision to ban the Russian delegation from the upcoming Olympic Games, the International Biathlon Union, or IBU, has demoted the Russian Biathlon Union to second tier or provisional status. Bullet point two. The IBU, as recently as last Sunday, has decided to not move the upcoming IBU Cup and IBU World Cup events scheduled to be held in Russia this March. Bullet point three. Murray Wiley, the president of Biathlon Canada, wrote an open letter to the IBU leadership on December 8th stating Canada would not be sending athletes to the Russian IBU races. You'll hear about the reasons for Biathlon Canada's stance in the podcast. Okay, Faster Skeeter reached Wiley on December 13th, and here's our conversation. Well, can you just describe for people that may not be aware, and I'll make them aware in the story, that that you have been the signee on an open letter to the IBU. Um, and can you sp- sort of outline what's in the letter and why you were compelled to send it? Okay, this is this is the, actually the third letter. The first letter was uh, last January, the first part of last January, and then there was a second follow-up letter in May. And this is the third one. Um, we were, I think the importance of this one was it was after the announcement by the International Olympic Committee and their stance on the... Uh, the systemic uh, doping with uh, with Russia, and we were very pleased to see that. And then basically, it was it was an opportunity. We knew that there was an executive board meeting in Hochfeldsen, so and that's typically the vehicle for us to to voice our concerns. Or a, a, a it was a a timely uh, because we knew that they were addressing. Um, the concerns with respect to or the the actions that they they require that they deem necessary based upon the IOC decision so it was basically just a follow-up and a repeated plea that we've put forward on this the third time for uh, for what we've asked in the in the letter and um, we I also attended with along with our general manager the extraordinary Congress meeting last year which coincided with the uh, World Championships in Hockfields. And so that was another. So it's really the fourth time that we've we've put forward our stance on what we would like to see to curb um, the doping issue that's upon many sports, but in particular to to really build the integ- rebuild the integrity of our own sport to ensure that we can do everything possible to avoid a recurrence that we've uh, that we've witnessed. So that's that's essentially that in a nub- in a nutshell. Okay, and just to kind of parse out two of you know the two bullet points. Uh, in the letter one, you know, and I'll, and I obviously you've seen this probably many, many times, but, um, 
that the events, the IBU events, the high-level IBU events in Russia are, you know, they're inconsistent with the IOC decision of the 5th of December to disallow participation by the Russian team, the Pyeongchang Olympics. And the second bullet point was the integrity of anti-doping procedures in Russia is still very much uncertain, given the current situation in which Rusada remains non-compliant with WADA. Um, you know, I think the first part is pretty self-explanatory. And I think for people who like really follow this stuff, the second bullet point is as well. But if you can just talk a little bit more about that second bullet point and what you um, and the people you speak for uh, might have hesitations about in terms of Rosada. Yeah, th- this is this is sort of a uh, a repeat of our our stance that we we issued in in May uh, with respect to the the, um, the the selection, if you will, of the World Championships in Tumen but in twenty uh, whenever twenty twenty one that that they we, we they we withdrew that at, or the the executive board at the extraordinary Congress withdrew that and it was based upon. Um, some questions that were asked of the anti-doping, the World Anti-Doping Agency, and basically it had to do with the World Championships. And this is sort of, this situation is a bit related to the IOC, but we have a nation's who, a nation's, a nation whose anti-doping organization is non-compliant, water code non-compliant in the uh, Russian Anti-Doping Agency. So our our pitch has been uh, by by uh, Biathlon Canada Canadian Federation is that if you're not compliant, WADA not compliant, then you should be not hosting any IBU events, major IBU events. And there's the World Cups and their IBU Cups, and uh, that's something within the purview of the International Fe- International Federation. So we've voiced that quite quite strongly and that's essentially what we're saying even though they have a an alternate uh, agency i believe it's i understand it's the uk anti-doping agency is actually contracted to do that you're we're still we have a nation that has a non-compliant anti-doping agency so why if one of our objectives the the ibu objectives is to foster and promote a doping-free sport—it's sort of non-congruent that you that you would actually hold or or allow them to host IBU events, and they have a non-compliant uh, anti-doping organization that still, you know, once they become and it's not where it happens to be directed in this case to Russia, but we've actually said any national federation that is non-water code compliant should not be allowed to host any IBU events. Simple as that. And we've been quite, I've been quite strong on, on putting that forward, but obviously it's, uh, and that's basically the essence of the letter because we, we knew there's still some other things that are being done by the working group that was um, stood up at the extraordinary um, con- extraordinary congress, we know there's still some activity, and we were actually I was quite pleased to see the fact that they uh, that the executive board actually uh, downgraded the Russian Federation's um, uh, status member status to provisional. 
but even in the provisional, they're still allowed to hold the events, which, and then in the next article of the Constitution, they're supposed to be honoring and promoting the objectives of the IBU. Well, one of the objectives is a doping-free sport. So it, it just doesn't, it doesn't wash in our, in, our, in our minds. That's essentially what it is. Are you able to go on record and speak a little bit about what some of the other actions that people discussed at the Congress this past weekend? Uh, I per- well, the other the other items are ones that are actually the working groups working on. So I would prefer to leave that with the International Federation to, uh, to the IBU to actually speak to those. Uh, the Athletic Commission is involved in that, uh, and there's there's still some significant work to do. Um, I. You know, we've made some progress and we're happy with some of the progress we've made, but we haven't made, I don't believe, um, that we've made sufficient progress that in fact that we've addressed, you know, the core issues and what we can do as an international federation. So that's essentially what we're, we're putting forward. We could do more and we believe they should be doing more. And hence that's why we've said we, we're worried um, the biggest thing is we're worried about the integrity of the sport and the fact that we are putting our athletes in a situation and our teams in a situation where, you know, quite, it's quite conceivable that their samples could be tampered with. And then all of a sudden you're in, and then you're into a whole different kettle of fish where you've got a clean nation and we pride ourselves as being that. And if we're caught, if someone is in Canada is caught doping then we suffer the consequences and we've done that in other sports in canada so we we're we understand that but you know you don't you've got to do you've got to do as much as you can within your national organization within your your own organizations and we're governed in this instance by the international federation so they can do a lot more and uh we believe they should be doing a lot more Okay, so that that's in, in my notes. I was like, okay, maybe you know, just sort of reading between the lines from the your letter was, well, I wonder if there's thoughts that maybe Canadian samples can be tampered with. So that clearly was in the back of your mind. I mean, there is a risk. I mean, I mean, right. there's a right. risk. There's a risk in, in obviously in any nation, but in this case where you have systemic, you know, it's proven that we're systemic, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, systemic uh, uh, tampering with, with samples, then, you know, you've got to say, you know, the integrity of that, of that doping system, anti-doping system is, is still in question. They're still not water compliant. And even though they've contracted it out to another agency, it's not necessarily the agency in particular, it's all the associated mechanisms around that agency that are still suspect. And they haven't, you know, they haven't, you know, the, the Federation has not, um, you know, has, we haven't got our, our um, um, trust back in their organization that, you know, we in fact can trust that things are going to be done and we're not going to have a repeat of what happened in Sochi. And, uh, and that's essentially where, where it comes from. I mean, you know, obviously any, any, any place you can have tampering, but when you've got, you've got all the dominoes that have fallen out of the reports out of Sochi, you've got, you know, you've got to wonder. And, and the IOC has made some, some uh, significant, taken a uh, significant step 
for the Winter Olympics. And I think the Federation, our Federation, can do more. I suspect they will be doing more, but we don't think that they're this. The provisional is fine, but I mean, they could have taken. We asked last May before they came out with the schedule to actually take the events away from uh, from Russia because of the situ- because of the circumstances and the situation, and they haven't done that. So basically, we we just basically said, okay, we won't send any athletes or any teams to the events that are scheduled for in the rest of this. And there's three of them. There's two IBU cups and there's a world cup. So, uh, try and keep it all straight. But, um, just as I recall the last on, on the cross country world cup, the final weekend was supposed to be in Russia. And I believe it was after world champs, but I don't have my timing right in front of me. It was actually moved to Quebec. Um, and that was a, I believe they reassigned, they reassigned it. That's correct. Right. And And that's what we asked for. Right. And so that, that was a fist decision. And I'm curious, you know, why, you know, what is your understanding of why the IBU would act in a way that they would not move events out of Russia when it's fairly clear in sort of analogous federations like fists, they are taking that stance. We don't know. We don't know the, the reasoning behind it. We think we put a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty solid case in the fact that there's a precedent that's been set. Uh, there was another sport that did the same thing. I forget what another winter sport that did it last year as well. Um, you know, I, 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 I just think it's within it's within the bailiwick of the international federation. And there are other venues that are quite capable of of hosting IBU cups and World Cups. I mean, we're talking three events. And, uh, and in fact, last year, interesting enough, last year, the Russian Federation turned back events. So they didn't host them. So they were, re- they were reassigned. So why that, wasn't, why that wasn't done before the – and we, we said even last year, I mean, it's a bit – we're almost, as we said in the letter, we're almost in the same juncture – in many respects, as to where we were a year ago. And yet the International Federation has a lot more information and can make a more informed decision and actually satisfy many of the federations. And, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're speaking, I'm speaking on behalf of Canada, so, but I know last year we had support from other federations, and I suspect that what we will generate what our letter has generated and the reason why the the letter is we only released it to the other federations uh, i released it very early this morning because what we had done in the past is we'd written a letter to the international federation to the president and the secretary general but we sent a copy of it to all the federations and for whatever reason i didn't do that this time for the last two letters we did that and I had some questions from one, one of the, I had a question from one of the other uh, national federations saying, so where are we with this? And it, they're, a, they're a very vocal on basically similar pitches and, and similar concerns. And basically all I'm trying to do is I'm trying to level the playing field and ensure that we are providing a fair uh, playing field for our athletes and a safe and, and dope free environment for our athletes. That's, that's, all we've ever asked for, and I don't think that's you know that's asking too much. I think that's the least we can do for our athletes. So, 
while you were crafting the letter in discussion, you know, internal discussions within Biathlon Canada, um, were there, were you talking to other teams or other federations before you sent the letter? And, you know, I guess I'm just curious about whether or not this was something where you felt like Canada had to take a unilateral leadership step here. Uh, no, we hadn't. And I think the reason, I think had we copied the letter, because we sent the letter the 8th of December before the, you know, the week leading up to the uh, executive board meeting, had that letter been in the hands of the national federations, what we've, what the activity that's it's generated today would have been in, uh, Filtson as opposed to in, in France. Um, and I, I mean, we're a pretty collegial group. Uh, we all, we're all, most of us are in it for the right reason. And, you know, there are some exceptions to that and you have to deal with those exceptions and, and make sure that the stand that you take is, is the right one. And we believe, um, that is, it is the right. And whether or not what we do will influence other federations, my gut feeling, and this is, you know, this is only a gut feeling is I think it will, um, you know, it's the end of the season. It's the last World Cup, um, you know, and it's after the Olympics. Once again, after the after the IOC has made a a, a quite, I think, quite a bold decision. I mean, I'm, I, I think it was the right decision to make, but it's still pretty bold for the for the IOC to make that. So, um, and it's you know, it sent some you know some pretty some pretty strong messages to uh, to those federations in those countries that want to, you know, tamper with, uh, with a clean sport or with clean sports. So, so in, you know, again, the, the article that I had, you know, looked at through Google translate, uh, this morning had the, uh, and I'm sure I, I will butcher his name, Anders Besserberg, who is the, uh, yes. Head of the IBU. He's the president. Um, yes. Yes, he's the president. He yeah. had a comment in that article that, you know, again, this is coming through Google Translate, but sort of like a a, a little bit of a shrug and it's a non-issue. Um, and again, you know, I well, I guess if you've spoken to him directly, uh, what type of a response have you gotten? And if not, um, I'm not sure if you've read any responses from him through the media. Well, we've got we we got the response letter saying you know you've seen what we've done we've we've downgraded their membership to provisional uh, the Russian Federation to a provisional member, um, but it hasn't addressed what we said. Why don't you take the events away? Um, he, um, I, I'm not going to paraphrase it, but we we voiced it. I voiced it both in writing and at the extraordinary um, Congress and uh, said you know we can do something here. Why don't we do it? And, um, obviously he sees, he sees otherwise. And, you know, he, 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 I don't think he has more, well, he does have more information than we have, but at the end of the day, it comes down to, this is, this is a, um, assigning the events has a significant event, uh, a significant impact on the teams. So if there's any any doubt as to the integrity or on the trust issue um, and how confident we are that there isn't going to be any further tampering, 
then, you know, if, if you start questioning that, then, you know, why, you know, the Inter- International Federation can make that, you know, there's lots of World Cup venues that we could be using. And, uh, you know, we put our name in for, there were two events last year that were, had been assigned to Russia that were reassigned. Canmore, we put our name for, but obviously the distance is a factor. But they had, from the spring of last year until, I mean, we knew where the events were going to be. They knew this issue was on the table, uh, the International Federation. And we just, you know, basically we, we put it back on, you know, we underscored it again, sort of by, here, you're going to make a decision on the Olympics. You're going to make a decision on where we are with respect, where the Feder- International Federation is with respect to those cases that they're dealing with. But you're also dealing with the event, the um, the three items that the working group were were uh, were tasked to come up with recommendations on. So it's all. I mean, it's it's the the whole issue continues to move along and they're you know we making we're making baby step strides in the right direction but there's some significant steps that could be taken that would would appease a number of the federations I'm I'm certain of that that would definitely appease would would appease Canada if if they were to say okay those events are going to be reassigned and maybe maybe the pressure of this letter and the the uh the articles that are being now hitting the, the various news medium and the social media, maybe the RB, the Russian biathlon union will say, yeah, we'll give those up. You know, someone wants them, they can have them. That's what they did last year. Um, but it could have been all circumvented by the international federation saying, we're not going to, we're going to take these back and reassign them. So, but they didn't do that. So, so, one of the things, this will be my last question, but one of the things you can, and I, at the start of our interview, I was, you know, asking, you know, why, why the IBU would take such a stance. And, and I think your response again, I'm paraphrasing with something, you know, I don't know. And, and this is kind of like cultural relativism from my perspective, like, you know, my idea and maybe your idea in Canada, and I'm here in the States of what transparency is, you know, could be very different in a sporting culture, in a, in a, pure governmental political culture somewhere else. Um, and is there some sort of discussion or is there a little bit of like, huh, this doesn't seem as transparent as I normally would think. Um, you know, are there ever discussions like that or I suppose, you know, from someone who covers sport, you know, when it comes to the IOC, when it comes to the IBU, uh, when it comes to FIS, oftentimes it's like, wow, there is a lot of just behind closed door meetings that in turn really do affect clean athletes for better and for worse. Well, I mean, the, the executive board, they have basically they they make the decisions on behalf of the uh, national federations between the congresses. So they're making so we've elected them to represent the interests of of the sport and there's an athlete commission so there's a lot of information that they have um, but they will make the, they make decisions I mean and the the executive board is made up of a number of individuals from different uh, national federations but at the end of the day if 
if the federations have, and that's why we have the open letter. And my only regret is when I sent the letter that I didn't include the other national federations when I did it. Because I think it would have, it may have changed the outcome. I'm not saying it would have, but it may have changed the outcome. And uh, I, I, I'm hoping that we're not alone. And I know we're not alone, but, um, you know, who knows what the other federations will do. I mean, they, the fact that there is a decision on the Olympics, that's important. But there's still this, you know, I hate to use the word, the, the black cloud hanging over the integrity of, you know, anti-doping in Russia. So, you know, regardless of who's doing it, there's still a lot of questions that remain unanswered. And uh, whether or not those questions will ever be answered, but they've got, you know, we've got to rebuild that trust and we have to, you know, rebuild the integrity of the sport. And one way to do it is ensure that, you know, you don't assign things to country into a country that's non-compliant. I mean, you know that. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm a. I'm a pretty simple, you know, simple principle, basic principles. I mean, that's a basic principle. You can control that as the national federation. You know, it doesn't make any sense. That's that's what I find boggling, and and e- I even question the fact that and and uh, there'll be. Uh, we're obviously looking at. I'm looking at the constitution and the provisional membership, the fact that you can put someone as they did with the Russian biathlon, they become, they're prov- uh, provisional and yet they can still hold events, which, which, and in the one article in the, in the constitution says that they're supposed to abide by and promote the objectives of the organization, which is a doping free sport. So how can you do that? You know, would you, in the future, like, and I would guess the the near future, move, you know, as a member federation to amend that so that a provisional we have a congress amend- coming we have a congress coming up in uh, in September our next congress uh, unless there's an extraordinary congress before that which I doubt but there's a congress in in September of uh, 2018 and uh, one of the areas that. Uh, we pride or Canada prides ourselves is we're pretty pretty particular about wording and phraseology and articles within the Constitution, and it's one thing that I talked at our at for our own Biathlon Canada board meeting last night. I said I intend on putting together a proposed amendment to correct that, so that we we you know it, it's because I mean it's 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 non congruent. It just doesn't make any sense. How can you do that and still uh, promote the one of the main objectives of the organization doesn't make any sense. I I, I pride our I pride ourselves as as Canadians as being that's what we want. We want clean sport, and you know if there's penalties you pay, you know if you you know break the rules you break the rules, and the rules have to be such that you know if you do break the rules, you're going to pay for breaking that rule. And there's, you know, there's been a lot of things that have happened. WADA has changed the suspension period timeline. So there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of moving targets on it when, you know, but I mean, that's to be expected because you've got to keep ahead of it. And uh, that's basically what we're trying to do. And, and that's all I've been trying to pressure the International Federation to do. You've got a way, you've got a means whereby and an opportunity where now that you can actually make a significant step forward in all this. 
and satisfy the federation and really uh, broaden the comfort zone of the athletes. And that's that's the big thing. That's what we're all about. That's what that's what we're here for. So anyway. Well, thank you for your time. Okay, thanks, Jason. Much appreciated. Okay, bye now. Thanks for listening to Nordic Nation. 